0: Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Donald Trump is threatening nuclear action with North Korea. Donald Tusk, the EU Council president, is insisting that Britain be treated harshly in the divorce terms of the Brexit. On today's show, we look at the world markets with Chris Tate. We see how the Nasdaq's performed the Hang Seng, the DAX, the Pound, and how local equities are moving. We also take a quick peek at long versus medium versus short-term trading systems. But before Chris's market analysis for the week ending the 28th of April, we hear from Louise Bedford in A Very Practical mind power, where Louise gives three strategies that she herself uses to overcome the Kafka effect.
1: Today I want to talk to you about the Kasker effect. I know I have covered this on other episodes of Talking Trading, but just to give you a refresher, it's that type of fog that sets in just before you make a major breakthrough. So let's say that you've finished the mentor program and you're on your own time now. You're trying to learn it for yourself and reinforce the lessons. All of a sudden you get that overwhelming feeling that, oh no, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure if this is for me, will I ever be able to make a buck? That's the type of fog that I'm talking about. You see, often on the other side of fog is clarity. Let me tell you about three strategies that have helped me personally break through the fogs that I have encountered in my life. Firstly, tiny steps. The more miniature the step, the better. Work out all of the specific steps that you need to accomplish in order to achieve your goal. The good thing about this is that after you've started, after you've made that first tiny miniature step, your brain will want closure. It will want to seek out completion of that experience. So the tiniest steps, the better, the more steps, the better, and then you can do the second step, which is scheduling. Scheduling. What I do is whenever I've broken down a big goal into miniature steps, I put those steps into my Google Calendar. Now you might be using a diary, but whatever you're using to keep track of your days, your to-do list, pop it into there. Make each step manageable so that you can complete it and make an absolute pact with yourself to complete the steps that you put down in your calendar. The third method that I'd like to discuss, other than tiny steps and scheduling, is to work out your accountability tendency. Now, I'm drawing heavily on the work of Gretchen Rubin here. Gretchen Rubin has a fantastic podcast, and she has written books such as The Happiness Project and Better Than Before. Now, in her mind is we have four different tendencies, and you will fall into one or maybe two of these tendencies in terms of accountability. Firstly, we have upholders. Upholders are accountable to themselves, but as well as being accountable to others. So if they tell themselves they're going to achieve something, by heck they're going to do it. If they say to a friend that they're going to do something, then by heck they're going to do that as well. They are the utopian accountability person. Obligers is the second area, the second tendency to oblige the needs of others in terms of accountability, but to sometimes break their word to themselves. Now, the typical person in the obliger category, which really, frankly, probably most of us are in, is you'll go to the gym if you're going to meet a friend there because you'd never let down that friend. But if you're going to go to the gym for yourself, hey, you might not get there. The third category of tendency is a questioner, and this is what I am. For me to actually uphold a promise, I need to know why that promise is important. Yes, I will uphold that promise to myself as well as to others if I believe in that cause and if I understand the reason why. So often when I'm presented with a project or a joint venture, I will ask myself and the person who is wanting me to do that joint venture, how does this fit in with my goals? is this mainstream with my values is this something i really want to do and if the answer is congruent for me i will do that project and the fourth category of tendency is rebel now these people are variable sometimes they will be motivated by answerability to somebody else and answerability to themselves but it doesn't always happen and in fact Sometimes if you ask them to do something, they will rebel against that idea. So this is something that is very difficult to work with if you're a rebel, but if you know your tendency, it can actually help you unravel whether you need to work with a partner to be able to trade effectively or not. So to see your way through the fog, you need to break that target, that project, down into tiny steps schedule it and work out whether you need to be accountable to yourself and or others depending on your tendency. This is pretty much the way I achieve anything in life. I find that project can seem overwhelming in the beginning. Will I be able to do it? Do I have the intelligence? Can I see my way through that particular project? But in the end, by applying these three strategies, I do get a step closer to achieving that goal. I hope this has helped. I hope you're enjoying these Mind Power sessions on Talking Trading. I'll tell you what, I'll bet you'll know somebody who will also benefit from Talking Trading. Tell a friend, get them to register on talkingtrading.com.au and you can all become rich together. Louise Bedford here. I'll be at Michael Yardney's Wealth Retreat for five days starting June 3rd. Join Australia's best property, tax, business, finance and share market minds on the Gold Coast. Fill out your expression of interest at tradinggame.com.au tradinggame.com.au
0: The NASDAQ is up. The Hang Seng is up and local equities are starting to move. We now take a look at the world markets with Chris Tate for the week ending the 28th of April. Chris Tate, hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. Hello, Caroline. It's been 100 days in office for Donald Trump, and amongst other things, he's threatening nuclear war with North Korea. So let's look at what the US markets are doing.
2: They've actually been a little bit interesting in that for the past month, they basically just drifted. But over the past few sessions, they've taken off. One of the things about the comment about his penis size contest that he's having with North Korea is that it doesn't seem to be reflected in the markets, in that the markets have very, very low volatility at present. The VIX is very, very low. Historic volatilities are very low across most of the US indices. So I think I don't know whether Wall Street's taking a more sanguine view and going, this is just the ginger gibbon engaging and sort of you know, flopping it out there and saying mine's bigger than yours, look at the size of my hands, or whether they're completely oblivious to it and they've got their heads buried in the sand.
0: Okay, so let's get some statistics here. On Friday night, US stocks finished at a near all-time high. The S&P 500 closed at 2,384. The Nasdaq rose to 5,583.
2: The Nasdaq's been the standout of the US indices. The the counterpoint I would make to that, though, is on Friday night, the Russell 2000, which is the very, very broad, heavyweight look at the market, actually fell 1.1% and had a really ordinary session. The thing that is interesting about that is if you look back at the comparative performance between the Russell 2000 down the S&P 500, because the American bull market has been so broad in scope it's actually performed very very well and as an index it's outperformed those two. so it was intriguing to see it take such a nasty hit when both S&P and Dow are more positive and the Nasdaq is wildly optimistic but it tends to be a wildly optimistic index so to characterize the how the Nasdaq sees the world think of it this way uh, Tesla makes a battery-powered car, of which they sell about four a year. General Motors sell good old-fashioned cars, which are, being American cars, shit, but they sell tons of them. Tesla's worth more than General Motors or Ford. That's how the people who invest in the Nasdaq see the world. It's slightly askew, and it's slightly odd, but it did give us the wonderful dot-com boom, which we've sort of reenacted now as not quite dot-com boom Mark two but something similar.
0: The emotion of hope. Ah, oh, absolutely. Let's move across to Europe with the other Donald, Donald Tusk, the EU Council President, making headlines by insisting that the divorce terms of the Brexit will be very harsh. Some experts have put the figure at $87 billion. Now, take that or leave that as hype. Nonetheless, Britain will suffer. So how is the UK trending at the, the moment?
2: The POMs are going to take a toweling in the divorce. They are literally going to be like the husband who was caught with his pants down stumping the secretary and whose wife absolutely reams him from here to Sunday. And this is reflected in the fact that if you look at the pound, the pound's very strong against every currency except the euro, and it's struggling against the euro. And this this is going to be the issue. The issue is how much of a shellacking the POMs are going to take because all decisions have consequences. And I think what happened was in the run-up to Brexit and the euphoria following it, the ordinary POM has not worked out that there are consequences and it's now dawning on them that there are. However, the counterpoint I would put to that is that if you, if, if you want to know whether the Australian dollar is going to do poorly against a currency, just ask me what country I'm going to. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to London shortly and the Aussie has absolutely tanked itself against the pound and it happens without fail
0: (laughs) so how's europe performing
2: the europeans are the dax is very strong the dax is strong All, all those little subsections are strong this is the intriguing thing about any form of divorce somebody does well and somebody does poorly and that's the issue that people need to be aware of someone's going to get it And it's just understanding how that balance is going to unfold. But then you've got all sorts of internal problems within Europe, such as the rise of nationalism in France, with the French now threatening to leave the EU. So we're we're, we're attempting to see if a souffle will rise twice and whether France's version of Donald Trump will get up. But my basic understanding of the French is, despite the fact that they can be profoundly irritating... As a pack, they're much smarter than Americans.
0: Two world worlds will do that for you.
2: It will, actually. <laughs> uh, having, uh, as as someone said, the EU had given France 70 years of peace. Before that, there was 2,000 years of war.
0: Let's go to the Australian market. How are the Australian markets looking?
2: Well, quite remarkably, the ASX 200 last week had a magnificent week. It had a series of continually obsessions, which it hasn't done for quite a while And it is knocking on the door of 6,000 points, where it has not been for quite a while. It it hasn't looked this buoyant for some time. And this is also in the face of, uh, in many ways, many of the commodities we look at being quite ordinary. So it's a move that seems to have broad support across the board. Which, which is actually a really, really positive thing. And this shows up when I'm actually now starting to scan domestic stocks again. There is actually, looking through the ASX 200 and the all odds, a degree of strength that hadn't been there for quite a while.
0: So this is where traders should be looking at the moment for opportunities?
2: It's certainly where I've started to look. The, the other point I should note is that if we're to look at, let's take a step back and look at indices. If you're looking at the best performing index year to date, it's actually the Hang Seng. Now, as a personal disclosure, I have to point out, I'm actually long the Hang Seng and I'm actually long the Dow. And the Hang Seng is banging up against 24,700. And if you can get through 24,700, I will add to the positions I already have. I think one of the things we, we don't do enough of is we tend to look across the Pacific to see what the Americans are doing, but we forget to look straight up and see what our northern neighbors are doing. And because in many ways, whilst there is this crackdown going on in China with leveraged trading, they're attempting to take a lot of the uh, look speculative slash criminal market out of sorry mindset out of their market. People forget about Hong Kong, and that Hong Kong still remains this gateway into China, and still remains an immensely important gateway. Which is the reason for its performance? Largely, uh, there seems to be this flow of cash into it. It is propping it up. Whereas when you look at the Chinese indices, they're going sideways or drifting slightly down. You've still got this buoyant market in Hong Kong. And I think in part, it's because Hong Kong is outward looking. China itself is very inward looking and that's very much the nature of its history.
0: Let's take a look at the commodity sector. Is anything happening there?
2: Look, precious metals are ordinary with the exception of palladium. Energy is pretty much the same. It's been drifting and drifting and drifting, drifting down. There seems to be nothing to spark the energy sector into life at all. And I don't know, given, you know, a shift in global sort of catastrophe focus from North Korea back to the Middle East, because, I mean, the Middle East must be getting jealous because they have been the master of all complete cock-ups for the past 50 years for the Western world. So they're probably sitting around sort of a bit like the last girl Sitting on the bench, asking to be danced with at present.
0: Opportunities you're looking at at the moment, Chris.
2: Again, locally, particularly local stocks. ANX and beyond twenty four thousand seven hundred. Also, it, the juxtaposition in what's happening in the pound is extremely interesting. The pound is strong against a basket of currencies, bar the euro. The question is whether that circumstance will change, and the brakes will come off that difficulty it's having with the euro, either one way or the other. And so that's sitting there in the back of my mind every time I scan through commodity markets.
0: Long-term versus medium versus short-term trading plans at the moment?
2: Good question. And one that I find actually hard to answer. My long-term is still holding Firm Because if you look at world indices over, say, a weekly time frame, particularly those in the US, and even here, they're actually very firm and very positive. So if you have a very long-term strategy that looks at block trading these through ETFs, it's still motoring along. Medium term is, well, here locally switching itself on all of a sudden. There are all of a sudden stock opportunities. Short term for me continues to be an intriguing exercise in people changing their mind, and me being able to follow them changing their mind with me changing my mind. But again, I think what happens is that people unfortunately lose focus of the bigger picture, and they begin to get closer and closer and closer and closer to the screen, thinking that increasing granularity brings with it increasing information. What it does do is bring forth increasing noise. And so you've you've always got to temper your short term view, because one for example, I'll give you a personal example. One of the traps I fell into last week and the week before was I trade gold and silver over a very short time frame. Over a very short time frame, they travel almost in lockstep. Silver gave me a sell signal, but gold didn't, and that caused me a degree of discomfort. So much so to the point that I actually began to close the the silver trade down whilst waiting for the gold trade to come in line. Now, silver's continuing on its way, and gold hasn't followed suit. And that's because I got too close to the problem. I didn't take a step back and realise that I was looking at noise and not information.
0: You and Louise are running short-term trading magic seminars around Australia on the Gold Coast June 4 and in Sydney in August. What will you be showing people in the seminar?
2: What we'll be looking at is how I approach the markets on a timescale that is less than daily. So what I'm going to do is look through the universe of instruments I trade and how I actually put them together, but more importantly, how the money management for a shorter term system and money management both as trade entry, but also integration into a more global portfolio works. And so... I'll be looking at that. And what is going to do is add some add fidelity to that by looking at how very short-term candlestick patterns occur or arise during very short-term moves, during moves that occur, I hesitate to use the, the term intraday, but over much shorter timeframes and how all of that can be integrated into a much, much bigger picture and how it hopefully you've done properly, lessens the volatility in your equity curve, does increase the turnover a little bit but adds a degree of i suppose the only proper term i can think of is cash flow to the system
0: chris tate thanks for your time today
2: thanks caroline
0: stay tuned next week to hear mountain Ear patrick hollingworth and meet us on the rooftop of the world as patrick describes his epic climb to the summit of everest i'm caroline stephen we'll see you next time You've been listening to talkingtrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary, and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are generally nature and do not take into account your objectives financial situation or needs before acting on any of the information consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation
1: want to know the hottest sectors in the aussie market now's your chance download my free hot or not special report from tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not that website again tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not